This is Lewis Lapham for Lapham's Quarterly, and this is the World in Time. Lead support for this podcast has been provided by Elizabeth Lizette Prince. Additional support was provided by James J. Jimmy Coleman, Jr. Speaking today with the historian Victor Sebastian about his new book, Lenin, The Man, the Dictator, the Master of Terror. It's a fine and illuminating book, Victor. Lenin is one of the guiding spirits of the 20th century, as dominant and historical figure as Woodrow Wilson and Adolf Hitler. And your biography of him offers new windows into both the working of his mind and the shriveling of his soul. We'll come to his various shades of character as you tell the story of his life, but maybe you can begin, as you do in the prologue of your book, with the comic opera revolution on October 25th, 1917. Introduce the characters, Victor, and set the scene. Well, yes, it's October the 25th. There's, um, there's a feeling in the air that something, everyone knows that something is going to happen, you know, on, more or less on, on that day. Everyone in St. Petersburg knows. But, but nobody knew how, nobody knew how it was going to happen, what precisely was going to happen. And indeed, something might not have happened. It, I, the word, often historians use the word, you know, inevitable. Well, there was absolutely nothing inevitable about, about this, this revolution. There was nothing inevitable about Lenin taking power. It might so easily not have happened. Um, he could easily have been beaten, um, but that that didn't happen, and then there wouldn't have been a 600-page biography of Lenin. All right, but there's a little background. Yeah. I mean, it's now October 1917. In February of 1917, there's a popular uprising. There had been a popular uprising, and it was a popular. That was a genuinely popular revolution in um, in February, at the end of February 1917, which which got rid of the of of the Tsar Nicholas II, who by that time was was totally loathed. That was done main a popular uprising and also a military. Um, it was a mutiny. The re- there was a, a provisional government had been in charge since then, um, run by Alexander um, Kerensky, who was a liberal, a liberal socialist, a, bour- a bourgeois socialist. But it was utter, utter chaos. The, the war, which had originally brought down the Tsar, continued, and the, the Russians were, um, were, were losing it very badly. There was there was very there was high inflation of, of over a thousand percent. There were there was still big long long bread queues. There was a political chaos. That they, they, they were they they were they were um, they were a government, but they weren't actually in power. But they're they're, they're in Petrograd, and Lenin returns yep. from exile in April yep. of of nineteen seventeen, and finds this chaos in, in Petrograd and various socialist politicians of different factions. Nobody knows what they're doing and there's unrest and rioting and so on. Okay? Uh, Le- Lenin and his Bolsheviks were not the only um, socialist group. There are a whole series of, of rival groups. But Lenin was the only one Lenin was a master tactician, and he was the only one who really saw that there was a way of getting um, there was a way of getting power, and the and 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 
uh, and these were the months, these were the uh, uh, hundred days or so that that, that really test, uh, tested um, Lenin's leadership. And when we know Lenin as the as you know, as a really skillful operator, this is when he showed. This is the period when he showed his 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 his, his real leadership qualities. He wasn't actually in Petrograd that whole time because some of the some of that period he was exiled uh, again, not not in Western Europe, but in in over a, just over the border in in in, in Finland. And he was sending, the, as the situation in, in Petrograd was getting more and more chaotic and the, the vacuum of power continued, he was sending letters and sending mess, desperate messages um, back to his people in Petrograd saying, bring me back weak. If we take power now, if we organize a coup now, um, we, we, we will. And he had to drag his people with him, who often, many didn't really want to, didn't want a revolution then. They thought they couldn't win. They thought they'd be hanging from lampposts. They thought they would, they would all be killed. But Lenin kept his cool. Lenin dragged them um, along with him. And, and it was now the 20, 20, um, he said there had to be this revolution on the, the take power on that day, the 25th of October, which was when a big meeting of all the socialist groups, of all the, the so-called Soviets, which were the councils of workers and, and soldiers. He wanted to take power before that so he could present it as a fait accompli to these people. The problem was they weren't really totally prepared. Everyone assumes it was all history has, has often said oh, it was a very, very carefully orchestrated plot by brilliant organizers. Well, it really wasn't. It was absolutely chaotic. There were all kinds of points during, you know, during that day when it might, when it might not have happened. And, and Lenin wasn't at the seat of power at, or seat of where he wanted to be. So he had to rush late at night. He had to rush across Petrograd in, a, in an absolutely farcical, farcical way, um, wearing a wig. I start, I start the book by saying one of great his his great worries that day was he was fretting about his wig as much as anything else. A wavy, silver-haired mop which kept slipping off his, his shiny paint, bald paint, threatening to his disguise. All the way through there were there were there were points where this really might not have happened. He might have lost his wig and been identified. At the time when they were trying to storm the Winter Palace, which was one of the set piece parts of parts of their their revolutions, that that could easily not have happened because because the they couldn't get the cannons working on on the other side of the city. They couldn't even get a lantern um, to working to, um, to 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 warn the um, the Red Guards that they had to attack at certain points. It was one catalogue of disasters after another for the for the Bolsheviks, and of course it was even even worse for the from the from the very few people who were still fighting the provisional government. I basically tried to get this set this scene in a dramatic way just to show there was nothing inevitable about this. It could easily easily not have happened, and history might have been completely completely different, but for a series of, of what seemed like uh, um, like like trivial uh, accidents if you take them one by one. That's what I was trying to do. Well, you've done it very well. And the, I mean, for example, he had trouble even getting a car 
because the cars didn't work to get to the Smolny Palace. Describe, and, and also he's been in exile for so long in, in uh, Switzerland that, that nobody really knows what he looks like. There have been no pictures of Lenin. Um, out, outside the, the report of the, you know, this, the, the the Russian secret police, which was known as the Okrana, uh, there have been, been the first the newspaper first newspaper picture that uh, that appeared of Lenin was in April 1917 in 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 Stockholm when he was on 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 his journey back to back to Russia, and even after that, Pravda and the and the communist newspapers never had pictures of him. It was. And nobody, absolutely nobody, nobody knew, nobody knew what he looked like when he, when he arrived at that train station in, in, in uh, the Finland station, in, 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 in April. People had to be prompted to, to, to wave and uh, wave and cheer, and they didn't expect this rather, rather small, stocky, um, completely, almost completely bald man, with, um, with a, with that pointed beard, wearing. Uh, wearing this worker's cap, which of course he didn't usually wear before. That was the first time he also wore the Lenin cap that became so famous, the proletarian cap. And he was totally, totally unrecognized. Uh, to- and nobody, of course, knew what his voice sounded like. He was, he was, he was quite an, quite a, quite a nondescript man. How then does he impose his will on the uh, chaotic assembly of various socialists in the? Days leading up to October twenty fifth. I mean, describe the, the the force of his mind and and the his oratorical style. How does how does he how does he do this? Victor? Well, one of the main what he what what he what he had amongst his 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 people was with the clarity. Uh, you know, he was called even when he wasn't quite young. He was called you know the old man. He had a clarity of vision that was that was. It was extraordinary and a compelling way of putting it across in a very, very straightforward, sim- simple matter. He was so obviously brilliant intellectually. So, he, and and amongst all those people who spoke about revolution in a very flowery, ornate way, Lenin could point directly. He'd spent all his career, all his political activity, pointing out exactly how it could be achieved he was he was a he was a he was a very very practical man in uh, part of, his his he's often portrayed as just this cold icy ideologue but actually he was extremely practical and could could change his mind could change tactics in 100 degrees 180 degrees just like that but what he could what he really could do and with con- utter conviction and to draw people with him is Paint a portrait, point out exactly a route by which his group, the Bolsheviks, could 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 take power and how they should keep it. There were lots of socialist revolutionaries out there you know, in Russia all the way through from the 1870s onwards, or in exile and in some operating in Russia. Most of them would have been happy just sitting in cafes talking about revolution. Lenin actually wanted to do it and could point out seriously wanted to do it. Um, and pointed out exactly how it could be done, and that force of personality, that force of obvious intellect and obvious um, the mental superiority in in, the, in that way, was 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 what drew people to him. It was it was the force. Of, he he wasn't a great speaker 
in a in a classic, not like Trotsky, who was who was another leader of the you know the revolution and a very important man. Trotsky was a fantastic orator, spoke beautifully. Lenin Lenin wasn't like that at all. He spoke in a very simple, very direct, very very direct way. But he was also he was a sort of he was he was a he was a master of putting things in a very simple, direct way. His all the way through in that. Um, from April to um, to October, he kept telling his people there are only basically three things we need to promise people. There's the the message that that they were trying that they were trying to give to to to, to the Russians were, were were extremely simple. It was peace to end the war, land. He promised the peasants could 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 could, could have their own have their own farms, and bread. Because there was, you know, massive. There was mass, massive starvation. Peace, land, bread. He, he'd have been. He, he could have tweeted that, you know, as he would have done in, in the present day. It was a very simple message. He hammered day after day after day, and all the Bolsheviks did. And it, you know, and it got through in a very, very direct way. That was to put it as, as simply and package it in in that way was 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 Lenin before before. Coming back to the evening, to the the day of October twenty fifth, a brief digression, Victor. Mm-hmm. Lenin's antecedents. I mean, he becomes. I mean, he's he, he comes from a genteel bourgeois background. Yeah. I mean, he's reader of the classics, plays chess, loves nature. He was a, he was a, he was hunt. a noble. He was a no. He was a nobleman, minor nobility. His father was a. Uh, had 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 got noble status by through his rank in the civil service. He was an in, inspector of schools, and um, and education was an extremely important. Um, he was brought up to believe in education as being extremely important. There was absolutely nothing in his background that would have that would have marked him out as one of the one of the great rebels of of, of history. It was a happy childhood, um, very very close and 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 loving. Um, he wasn't. He he, he had not rebel, uh, rebelled um, within his own family at all until um, until his late in late teens, and I can come on um, come on to that. What what led to that? There were no demons in in there that anyone can can spot and say it's 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 unhappiness that has led led into this. It was it was partly passion after and anger after his. After his brother was was executed um, for his, for taking part in a plot to assassinate the Tsar Alexander III, which was the the he, who was the, the last Tsar but one, and that was it was uh, it was anger at that that forced um, that radicalised Lenin um, as much as 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 any as as much as any Marxism. He wasn't involved at all in politics until he was around eighteen. Okay, but then very quickly, I mean, he's radicalised after it's eighteen eighty what that that his brother is hanged. Eighteen eighty eight. Okay, so then sorry, Lenin is a radicalized socialist, hatred of the bourgeoisie in all of its forms and manifestations, writes pamphlets, becomes a journalist, a serves lawyer. time in Si a lawyer, serves time in Siberia, then in exile in, you know, Europe mostly and and so on and and the uh, but constantly uh, 
writing and and uh, agitating and and nine million published words and and almost the same number again in various letters. So a huge amount of a huge amount of writing. A lot of it very prolix, but a lot, but some of it extremely direct and very straightforward and very tactical. And then the Germans, yeah, take him out of yeah. out of out of Switzerland and send him back to he Russia. Lives in, he lives in exile in London, in Paris, but most many times, mostly in Switzerland. Because and one of the main reasons for that is he absolutely, apart from loving revolution. The main loves in Lenin's life were were, were 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 mountains, were walking in the hills, and walking in mountains. This was an aspect of 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 Lenin that was a bit of a surprise to me. Just how much he, just how beautifully he could write about nature. He could identify hundreds hundreds of species of plants. His, he loved hunting, shooting, fishing. He loved walking in the loved walking in the hills. There was this 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 element to him. So Switzerland and the Alps were very important to him. But he's in exile most of that time with a group, tiny a group of of followers, which gets tinier and tinier and tinier because Lenin keeps splitting them because he wants a little group all the way through. This is a very important part of, of, of Lenin's, Lenin's personality he, and, and Lenin's leadership. He wanted a group that was constant, that was going to be absolutely loyal to him and loyal to, you know, loyal, loyal to his ideas of how the revolution was, gonna, was going to happen. And it didn't matter to him if there had been a hundred... Um, he would have split it to fifty, to, to, to 50 loyal people. He used to say, "Give me, give me, give me, give me just a few loyal people, and I can, and I, you know, and I can, and we can take, and we can and take over Russia." And he needed that. He needed a group loyal to him, and this was then reflected all the way through in all the way through communism. That it kept having to be, they kept having to on their guard against heresy from the from the leaders to keep it to keep it pure, to keep it to keep him. That that element of communism came from directly from um, Lenin's tactics and much, much, very much so Lenin's personality, who was who was absolutely insist, insistent on no one disagreeing with him and, and obeying his, his orders. It was this element of, of, of communism was directly as a result of, of Lenin's personality, as indeed a great deal of what happened later, you know, when the, after the revolution in the Soviet Union, is that he created the, the communist, that, the Bolshevik party and the communist state very much in his and his intolerant, uh, secretive image, and his, his own personality. And it, was, it, it reflected his personality after, after he was dead as well. On the 25th, he announces the seizure of the Winter Palace and his, the Bolsheviks' control of the country without that actually yeah, having happened. Yeah, it was the first communist lie of, of um, probably of, you know, of many. It, no, he needed, that's as I was saying before, he needed, it needed to happen that day so he could tell the Soviet, this big meeting of Soviets, that it, that, 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 that it was a fait accompli, but it hadn't happened. It, it was supposed to have taken two hours, well, 10 hours into the, the so-called storming of the, of the Winter Palace that wasn't a, a storming. Um, it hadn't happened. They couldn't get the guns to fire. 
um, the, the 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 boat, the the ship, the Aurora battleship Aurora, which is the, should, the, should have arrived arrived sort of several hours late. They they couldn't get any of the ammunition dry. Um, it was a it was a it was a complete fault. But it was essential to to Lenin's political purpose that he could announce that this that that that, that, that this had happened had had happened. And he was getting more and more and more furious. The, the, and um, um, that it hadn't. And that was when he first started threatening to shoot people. And he, he went on to shoot a lot of he people as, as, time, as time went on. All right, so by... But that day, by that, the tw- on, the, on, the, on the 25th, he had to say, had to say it had happened, and he had to get others to, to, to say it had happened. And then when it... They, but of course, and as most people didn't even know a revolution was going on in Petrograd. It was on, on, on that day. So it could have been, it was quite easy to present to people that, it, that they'd taken over the entire city when, 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 when they hadn't. But it was a lie. All right. So, but the lie is, is believed, the noble falsehood. And, the, and he essentially, the Bolsheviks, uh, take power. In a coup. In a coup. It wasn't he... a popular revolution. More, no. a hard, I mean, at the mo- uh, there were hardly anyone involved in involved in the fight. There was there was there was no street fighting. There were no barricades. There were no the the, the so-called storming of the Winton Palace involved about a few hundred a few hundred people. Far far more people would many people would have seen the film October um, made ten years afterwards by Eisenstein, which is a very famous film. Far far more people were involved in. Um, were acting in the in the in the film that actually took part in the in the um, in in the revolution itself ten year ten years earlier in 1917. Petrograd in 1917. I mean, it's it's the Russian silver silver age. I mean, there those present are Shagal, Kandinsky, Shalyapin, Diaghilev, Rachmaninoff, Stravinsky, Prokofiev. They're all there. They were. Shalyapin was singing on the night of the revolution. Yes, they were. It was the silver. The silver age had had, had be, It was a silver age in artistic, cultural, um, cultural life from the early 1900s. Yes, it was. But 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 by but by 1917, things had soured. The war had soured had 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 soured things so much. The fact that there was no political progress at all. It was it was a very febrile. Society even before the war, even before the war had started. After the war, it was, it couldn't have continued in the in you know, in the in in the in the way in the way that it had. But yes, the cultural cultural life was very very strong, and 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 a lot of these would then would would be just as active. I mean, the, many of the art, many of the artists, and and some of the writers. But in October. 1917, the uh, Soviet Union is still at war with Germany in, in, in World War I, and five million Russians have already been killed in their desertions, and part of the anger and distrust and, and uh, popular feeling among the soldiers uh, helps to empower the Bolsheviks. And they recruited, but the Bolsheviks had also recruited very heavily um, in the in in the army, which which was which which had I mean massive mass diverse desertions as you as you they couldn't they 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 tried the provisional government Kerensky had previously tried 
tried to an offensive in the in the summer of uh, July of 1917, but two thirds of the um, he couldn't get any of the units to um, to obey orders. So the army. But virtually disintegrated by then. There were mutinies, the you know, the, the the whole the whole time. The war was the 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 war was the main was the was the was the was the the one of the main drivers of the you know of the revolution. The fact that it had lost, and Lenin. Why another reason why Lenin insisted that it had to happen. Um, the revolution had to happen. That's all. That's all. October, was that he was convinced, he believed that the provisional government, Kerensky, might may start making overtures to, um, for a separate peace with, with Germany, which would, have, which, which would have just taken all the, you know, which would have taken the, the, um, the stolen the Bolsheviks' clothes. And he thought that this was going, going, he thought, Lenin thought this was going to happen. And he desperately wanted to to mount the coup before Kerensky could 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 start peace talks all right so go forward now uh, it's now the Bolsheviks under Lenin have seized power it's end of October 1917 and Lenin only really rules for what six years I mean he he becomes even less, incapacitated. Even, yeah, even less. I mean, he four and a half really of his full capacity, full mental and physical capacity, five at the most. He has a series of strokes from from the from late 1921. So it's it's four and a, yeah, it's four and a half years really. But most of what he want, most of the the the, the state he want, the state that he created, he'd done that by. Um, and he'd, he'd created the kind of state he'd, he'd wanted, um, which, as I said before, was very much, very much um, an, intoler- an intolerant state, very much in, 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 in his image. He'd, he'd won a civil war against the civil war, effectively, the, the, what became known as the whites, who were the, 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 you know, the old guard and the ancien regime, fought back and they... Tr- um, Virtually from the start, there was a civil war. There was a civil war, um, and he'd won that. By the time he'd, he'd he became incapacitated, he'd built up this. He'd built up the state, the kind of state he wanted. By by the time he had his strokes. Well, talk about his. I mean, I I, I think you say that the the idea of a democratic government. Lasted twelve hours, and and one of the first things that he did is set up the Cheka. Lenin had absolutely no intention at any point of 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 running a running a, a democracy. He knew what he was going. He knew what he he wanted, and he knew the measures that needed to be taken to 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 ins- to ensure that would happen. From the very very first hours after the, um, the the revolution, he'd said to his he'd said to his people absolutely clearly in a quote, "Well, what do you think? You, we can make revolution without firing squads." And this was this was 
a few hours after uh, after the, after he knew the, um, the, the the coup would succeed. On day two, he he started censoring the press and closed down the um, the op- the opposition press. Now, and he sets up the checker yeah. on what day well, three, right? I mean, more or less, yes. I mean, you know, a few, uh, you know, a few, a few, a few weeks. He's the the checker, which was which morphed into the NKVD and then the you know the KGB. Um, yeah, he set that up very, 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 very quickly. Started a terror against his his opponents immediately. There had been um, a promise to create a constituent for elect free elections, and indeed there were free elections uh, in November and December of 1917. Lenin wanted to. to um, to cancel them, but was 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 stopped from doing that. He had absolute, but, but he had absolutely no intention of letting that um, that freely elected um, parliament actually actually sit and 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 do anything. The, the 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 Bolsheviks were there were free elections. The Bolsheviks lost, and when the parliament met in January 1918, he simply sent in um, he sent in army units to. To, to close it down literally within within 12 hours. And that was the last free parliament there was in Russia for another 70 years. He knew that he was never going to go into any coalition. A lot of his um, Bolsheviks around him believed that they would go into a coalition with other socialist socialist parties, those that were known as the Mensheviks or the Socialist Revolutionists. As I said, there were quite a number of, of various different socialist groupings around. Lenin had absolutely no intention of going into coalition with anyone. He was going to take power for himself and his party were going, was, was, was going to retain power. This was always his political um, objective. There was never an intention to, to have any sort of democracy. This was... This was the Lenin, the dictator. He became, he became a dict. He didn't become totally a dictator straight away, but within, because uh, there still were disagreements within within his own party. There were people who um, there were disagreements. But within two or three years, he was it was in effect a complete dictator. He started killing opponents or terrorizing them or exiling them almost almost straight away. And then, talk just very briefly in those. Five years between 1917 and 1922, I mean, ruthless terror in his prosecution of, of the Civil War, the Reds against the Whites, but also against the Soviet peasantry when it came to a matter of, of requisitioning their Absolutely. grain. He had no intention either, of, even though he promised land um, for the for – the, um, for the, for the peasants, he had no intention of that. It was he was always going to, in effect, nationalise the land and have collective farms. He wasn't going to give the peasants their own plots of their own plots of land. And there was the the the, the main issue immediately. They, 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 the Bolsheviks won power. Was 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 starvation. The war had dislocated um, dislocated production, dislocated um, transport to get to, to, to get grain to the towns and the, and, and, and the cities. And um, from the very, very first, Lenin just used compulsion. He stole, he, he, he took the peasants 
peasants' grain. And if he thought anyone was, um, any of the peasants were, were hiding any, he had them shot. He, he had a, an absolutely ruthless, vicious war against his own peasants right, right from the, the start. But of course, you have to understand that politically, the peasants, it, 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 it looked, the Bolsheviks saw the peasants as, as enemies anyway. Um, because they weren't proletarians. It was for the Bolsheviks believed the revolution was going to be for the benefit of the work of, of workers. But of course, in 1917, the, the, Russia had a very small number of industrial industrial workers. The 85 to 90 percent of the population were 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 peasants. He thought he thought they were they were the peasants were just fall into line which which ultimately they did but it was it, it was it, the, there were a series of rebellions by peasants they were put down with um, with extraordinary ruthlessness including the use of chemical weapons at an, in, at, an, at, a, at, an uh, at an early stage he he had to def he had to defeat them he created a new class of people which were called the kulaks which was the rich peasants there were a tiny tiny number of rich peasants a rich peasant was one who had a horse most of the peasants were you know were extremely poor but he had to create he had to create a group which then he could um, which could use as a wedge to you know one group of peasants fighting another group which and he said the kulaks and he enabled them enemies of the people he'd often label and any 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 opponents as 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 enemies enemies of the people the peasants had it really bad right right from the start the 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 civil war was that was was barbaric from both sides because the the whites behaved just as badly to the peasants as the as the as the as the reds did civil wars are often ghastly the russian one was really was horrible 10 million dead roughly in two years. Yes, I mean, and, and Russia has been a pretty horrible place to live during the the entire run of the communist system. The one that you say was set up by Lenin in his own image uh, by 1922: secretive, suspicious, ascetic, intolerant, intemperate. I mean. Not a place where freedom ever rings. <laughs> no, but but Len, but, Len, but 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 Lenin thought of himself. I mean, I I, I Lenin thought of himself as an he, he, as an idealist. He was always who's he was always working for what he thought, and this was the the great the great tragedy of it. He always thought he justified every he justified everything for the um, for the greater for the. Bigger end, the greater end, the lot end, and in the end, the end justified the means that he would you know, that he was used. The scale of the Bolsheviks and Lenin's ambition is—it's a sort of difficult thing to remember now because of so few people understand what com what communism was. It was so so long ago in our in our memories. But the but the scale of what they were trying to do was epic. It wasn't just to reorder a society and reorder their economy. It was it was almost spiritual in its scope, even though Lenin would hate the use of that word. He always thought that it was scientific. He he thought that if you removed the profit motive and the exploitation, you weren't you were going you, you you wouldn't just change society. You were going to create completely completely new types of 
of people. He really believed this. He thought that he could perfect mankind if you changed and reordered society along socialist um, along socialist lines, which was a, it was a it was a grand scale. You'd create a new kind of person, you know, Homo Sovieticus, as you know, as people then would would you know would call it. Of course, people have a um, a really annoying habit of just refusing to be perfected. So so they had to, the, the the Bolsheviks had to be eliminated. Uh, right? Well, they had to be coerced, bullied, terror, terrorized, ultimately killed into it. I I sort of when I started look, I've studied and looked at common, uh, communism as a journalist. I travelled in and um, worked in many many places that 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 operated communist systems of various various kinds, and they weren't. They certainly weren't idealistic, but which again, the epic failure of the of, of the system made the whole experiment the more tragic. That what they were trying to do was so was was so great, and the and the failure of it was so great, which 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 just which makes the disaster you know more so so infinitely de de you know, depressing. Because Lenin wasn't in it. Lenin was in it for power. He didn't want. He didn't want. Riches. He didn't want. He didn't. This was my, this was how ascetic he was. He didn't want luxury. He didn't. He 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 wasn't in himself um, a vicious, a monster or a sadist or, or or vicious at all in personal relationships. He was he was kind and behaved in the way he was brought up like an upper middle class um, gentleman. He wasn't vain. He wasn't vain. He, he didn't wear, you know, he wasn't the kind of dictator that wore uniforms like, you know, like Stalin, his successor Stalin would do, or, or Mao Zedong or, or, um, or Hitler or whoever. He, 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 he wasn't like that at all. And the deaths to him were, were he knew you needed deaths, but he, to him, to him it, was a, it was almost theoretical. I equate it more like what he was what he was trying to do, and I know it's a, a, some people might object to the way I phrase this, but but I actually think it's it, what he was trying to do is similar to religious leaders saving souls for the you know for the greater good, and he really believed that he was going to change the world um, for the for you know, for the better. And it didn't matter. The rest of it, what he did, the number of the number of heretics that that were burned, didn't matter. Because ultimately, there'd be this perfect world with perfect people in it. What is so fine about your book, uh, Victor, is you, is you manage to convey that. And uh, yeah, you show the various sides of Lenin's character. Uh, speak very briefly uh, toward the end. I mean, uh, he becomes deified. I mean, I mean, talk about the last two years. He... He becomes incapacitated yeah. mentally in 1922 and, and dies in 1924. Talk about those two years and the and the passing of power to Stalin. Well, yeah, I mean, uh, um, Lenin, of course, created Stalin. <laughs> um, it was one of the worst crimes that 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 Len Lenin committed. Many crimes. One of the worst was to leave a man like Stalin in pole position to take over the leadership of Russia after him. And it, it often was a bit of a narrative on the left for you know, 80, 80 years that Lenin was this idealist um, and everything would have been different if only Lenin had lived longer and Stalin was the guy who, who the 
bureaucrat who and betrayed the revolution and it became bloody. But it, you know, uh, it was Lenin who created all the systems, Lenin who created the, the systems. In his last two years, one of the other things Lenin failed to do completely, like so many big um, leaders, um, was didn't create, he neither created a system um, of uh, to, replace, to replace him, nor created um, uh, personnel who'd, who'd, who could replace him. He didn't think anyone was good enough to replace him. He's not the only dictator who believed, um, who believed that, or was not the only great leader who believed, or big leader who believed that. He, he, created no, he created no line of succession. He created no system of succession. And while he's there, while they're there waiting for him to die, they create, you know, obviously, they, they fight amongst each other for who, for who, who's going to take over. It looked for a while as though Trotsky, who, who, who was, also, was just as, almost as influential as Lenin in building up the revolution and starting the revolution and in fighting the civil war, he was the, he was the lead, the inventor of the, creator of the Red Army and Trotsky. Um, but everyone hated, everyone else hated Trotsky, all the other leading Bolsheviks hated Trotsky. And so Stalin um, maneuvered very successfully to, 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 to get Trotsky out. Lenin knew all this was going on. He wasn't completely a vegetable, but he couldn't, couldn't talk most of the time. He could dictate, he, he managed at times to, to find a way of dictating a, a testament um, for succession, but all mostly this, the the testament was about how awful all the others were, and only he could have, and only he was any good at all. You know, only he was any good at all. And it was tragic. I mean, his last his last months were 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 were. He was he he tried he he begged um, he begged Stalin to give him some poison so he could kill it, so he could kill himself, but with assisted suicide. But Stalin, who then did kill millions of people, he didn't kill Lenin. And it was and it was rather. However, then comes the you know there aren't very many people who you can. You, partly what fascinated me with with Lenin is there aren't that many characters you can actually see still there. Who you you know uh, people who you write a biography of who you can still see there in his mausoleum and his embalmed embalmed body, embalmed body, which has always fascinated me. And they had to and the it was so bound up in the 1920s. The, the Soviet state, the creation of it, was so bound up in the personality of, 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 of Lenin that it seemed, it seemed just an absolutely logical and normal step, bizarre and macabre to us now, but it seemed like a very logical thing to embalm his body, much as though his family, Lenin's family, absolutely didn't want this at all. They wanted a normal normal burial. I mean, Lenin's, Lenin's widow was, was enraged by the idea of embalming um, her husband's body. But anyway, they they led by Stalin. It seemed to it seemed to justify their existence. The whole cult of Lenin after that seemed to seemed to justify the you know, the continued existence of the, of the of the Soviet state. And so it so it went so it went for the seven, seven, 70 years afterwards. It was it's it, the building up of the of the of, of the cult of Lenin was an, was 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 an extraordinary thing. I and mean, to some extent, Lenin still. 
Lenin still lives there. He's still there. Bizarrely, he still he still is. It, uh, it it was it was so much a part of the mythology of the uh, of the pathology of the of the Soviet state. The the the, you know, the idea that Lenin still lives. Lenin's idea still lives. Lenin's body is still there. It's a the, the whole cult depended on you know Lenin's presence still being there. It was it was it was it was eerie. I mean there were millions. Uh, the, the queues, even now, quite bizarrely, the queues to go and see Lenin's Lenin's body in Red Square in Moscow is are still really quite huge. Partly, it's a tourist. It's partly because it's a sort of tourist trap. But it's not only that. It's still a kind of symbol of it's it's a symbol of modern. It's a symbol of modern Russia still. Last question, Victor. How 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 many years did you spend writing this book? Um, about three and a half, um, or, but I'd but I'd worked on communism for a long, long time, so I knew a lot of this before. All right, you spent three and a half years with Lenin, and how do you come out? Your 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 feeling, your 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 view of Lenin at at the three at the beginning of your project and at the well, end. I mean, well, is, three is and a half any... years is longer than anyone. Um, should spend with Lenin and still keep his sanity, actually. But um, I, I was more impressed by Lenin um, uh, while I was working working on this. And how did how did he do it? Just how did a man who who was in exile most of his life, or a large part of his um, his life, in a series of 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 boarding houses in 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 western cities with a dozen followers or something like that. how does a man how does the man take over power um in one of the in one of the largest empires in, in the world it's as as you know as a as a storyteller as a biographer, this is an extraordinary you know it's an amazing story and that's what i've tried to try to do so i was more impressed by by how he did it the quality of his intellect and and some of his in, insights, even when he was wrong about things, he could he was often wrong in a quite an interesting and challenging challenging way. But I actually grew to hate him much much more as I was working on it. When you see in your own, um, he was the intolerance of the man the, and, and the and the uh, the secretive nature of him. And then, when later on, when you look at the look at um, uh, of what of of what he did, when you see, even though I knew about the um, the death warrants and the number of people he 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 he'd sent to their deaths, I um, when you see when read when you see in his own hand um, what he wrote, and when you or in his own. Um, Cables and stuff—it's chilling, and it's and it it changes your whole uh, your your whole feelings about him. And I and I got and I did I did come to loathe I did come to loathe him, but I could see also that too in his personality the way how the Russian state became, the Soviet Soviet state became like it did because the, because he was the creator of it. Well, thank you, Victor. I mean, there's a as I say, a fine and illuminating book. And thank you for speaking with us. We've been speaking today with Victor Sebastian about his new book, Lenin, the Man, the Dictator, the Master of Terror. Thank you again, Victor. Well, thank you very much. I enjoyed it. 
Lapham's Quarterly brings voices from the past up to the microphone of the present. Save more than 30% off the cover price and subscribe today for only $49. Visit laphamsquarterly.org slash podcast for more details.